0: to Sexual Info Course. I am Kersha, and I'm here with
1: Jarrett. Oh, oh, hi. Hi. How are you?
0: <laughs> hi, Jerry. So, basically, this podcast is going to talk about, you know, sex and all the information surrounding sex, I guess, and mm. I guess uh, that's that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot there. There's a lot. There's
1: to... definitely a lot to digest. Yeah.
0: A lot to digest, a lot to Take get in. into lot to debunk.
1: To debunk.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in the de- debunking business for sure. Um, so you know we are not professionals, so By no means always consult a physician.
1: Mm, always.
0: Ask them. Hey, I heard this thing. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, and you know those kinds of conversations can be real uncomfortable, but sure. If you truly want to know your answers, get them from a professional. <laughs>
0: get them from a professional who has...
1: A degree. A degree. Went to school for Went to school for it. Quite a few years, you know.
0: Take a look at their Facebook. See see, see if they're...
1: Where do they go on their weekends?
0: Where do they go on their weekends? Where were they on January 6th?
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: You know? just Definitely. Just take a look at... Anyway, so... <laughs> so we're just you know we saw a need within our community I am a black woman and I think um I think that we (laughs) African Americans black BIPOC however you like to frame that um there's a need for us to have a little bit more of a candid conversation about sexuality and masculinity and you know all those things and um I th- I'm not an authority in this, but I think that I have something to contribute, and um, I think that it's a it's an important cause. So that's kind of what I'm into. And uh, Jared here is a man.
1: I'm a I'm a white male. He's
0: a white male. He is a straight white male. <laughs> and.
1: I'm pretty (laughs) cis.
0: He's pretty cis. And we're coming to terms with that slowly. So, yeah, uh, we thought we would kick off this series with something that we often encounter when dealing with sexuality, and it's it's the talk, you know? And some people don't have that experience. And I guess that in and of itself is an experience, but, um, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways that sex was introduced to us in our lives so jared how was sex introduced to you
1: mm. Uh, probably by watching movies that i was definitely too young to watch Ooh, true yeah <laughs> um i remember one in particular when i was real young was uh the first scary movie oh okay and there's that scene where uh somebody gets like come down and then go like flying or something i I asked my brother what that was and why that (laughs) happened and he was like go ask mom i I did not
0: (laughs) that's fair yeah how about you um it's so interesting to think back like i remember being in like kindergarten and one of my um my classmates was like you know what boys have they have Penises. I was like, what? (laughs) You mean they don't have a vash? Like, what? And so, um, that was when I kind of like started to understand, like, oh, okay, there's like these other systems at play. And I guess I was introduced to sex just kind of, yeah, via media.
1: Yeah, which is definitely skewed.
0: Which is definitely skewed and definitely, um,
1: like, I mean it does it it happens but nothing like in scary movie you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No so. no ceilings uh involved. Yeah. I mean I shouldn't say that. There's plenty of ceilings involved.
1: So that's why we're trying to provide some more grounded information.
0: Yeah, because I think um I mean at least this generation we definitely grew up in the digital age and at a point in the digital age where sex was being kind of very freely thrown within oh, yeah. media and music. That's another thing like music, I think kind of influenced the way that I was introduced to sex as well. Like hearing certain lyrics and knowing that it kind of meant something like
1: dirty. Mm. Can you think of any examples? Oh
0: my God. I remember when, uh, what <laughs> I just uh, heard it the other day in poll. What was it? That, um, my neck, my back, my pussy, and my crap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and mm. I,
0: like, I remember that. Like, I was so young when that came out, but, like, I remember that music video being very scandalous. That, too, music videos. Oh, yeah. And, like, especially, like, hip hop or anything like that, definitely, like, video vixens and hotties, and, you know, understanding that there was a certain level of, like, attraction between man and woman because I think you know sex is obviously more than just what's happening with the penetration and the being penetrated or whatever Um, it's also everything that leads up to that attraction and interaction and courting and you know dates and all that so so yeah I think that a lot of people have been introduced to sex in a very like offhandish way and maybe for a lot of people they weren't really introduced dues to it until you know in school when we had our sex ed classes if you had sex ed classes because that's not necessarily mandatory in every state i mean we're in new jersey i'm born and raised so i'm i'm in the metropolitan bubble where a lot of us have been exposed to sex in a number of ways which isn't necessarily a bad thing but
1: yeah i remember it was in like third grade, I think, mm-hmm. they like split everyone up by sex and then um, just kind of divided and conquered you guys. No, they played us a video Uh-oh. and they said, if anyone laughs, you're going to get kicked out. And then I was just trying not to laugh the entire time. I wasn't taking anything in. Right. So I don't know. It's hard because you definitely have to expose people. But when do you know when a person's like ready to be exposed? That's fair. Or maybe it just like needs to be like, more subtle, like, throughout childhood. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen. Definitely
1: excited to explore the topic more. Uh,
0: absolutely. And I I think even by saying, like, don't laugh at this, like, that's giving an impression to someone without them even interacting with the media or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, like, if I'm like, don't be scared of this movie that I'm about to put on and then I put something on, like, you're going to be like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm already scared. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely, again, like a, a, a skewed way of interacting with, with sex at a young age. So um, I think basically what this episode is going to be is just what what they missed when they were talking to you about sex at that age. And kind of, if you're introducing someone, maybe there's some ideas for how you can go about doing it in a way that is beneficial to them actually understanding what sex is about and the importance of taking it seriously or not or however you you view sex but yeah i feel like the talk uh is an element of our culture that is often depicted as very uncomfortable and i don't think it has to be i think we can just have conversations with people at any age
1: yeah Um, it's a natural thing that like i feel like in many ways you're like taught i mean it all depends on your like experience obviously for sure i don't know sometimes it definitely gets seen as something like explicit
0: yeah i mean we live in america which is inherently pretty puritanical and Mm. we definitely have a way of talking about sex that is even i think sometimes when we're trying to be educational and informative about it there's still kind of like this like quote-unquote lewd way of of talking about it it's like that's not really necessary we can just talk about it like I have lungs, therefore I breathe. I have a vagina, therefore I like to get... (laughs) (laughs) You know? It doesn't have to be, like, this weird
1: thing. Yeah. Let's just drop all that, you know? Just Just drop
0: all that. Just drop in. Learn. Let's just learn. Learn. Engage. If you find the information useful, great. If you don't, cool. That's cool. That's totally cool. Um... But if you do find it informational and useful and something that you appreciate.
1: That's the goal. That's the goal. Then,
0: you know, rate and subscribe.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, let us know what you liked about this episode, what you didn't like about this episode. We are very new at this Mm -hmm. and we want to do this right and we want to get your input. So if you're like, hey, you know, you kinda left this experience out. Hey, I'm I'm trans and this was my experience, or hey, I grew up in <laughs> in an evangelical household and this was my experience, you know, share that with us. We we want to uh we want to be able to serve serve well. So mm-hmm. uh so yeah, let's get into the talk. Let's do it. Yay. Okay. So Shane, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, so just to kind of give some background, I know Shane, because I started pole dancing and she was my instructor at one point, which was awesome. Um, and so the reason I even thought to bring you on today was because I remember this had to be a year or so ago, um, you were mentioning that you work in the sexual education area of life so yeah (laughs) so yeah um I guess you know we just kind of want to talk to you about you know what that was like um I know that you worked with a little bit of a higher age demographic with when it came to sex education so kind of want to talk to you about what that was like and you know obviously your experiences and all that so to start how did you um get into the sexual education game?
2: So um, forgive me, I'm going to talk like in circles, I'm sure, and long, because that's who I am. Um, but I think I started, well, I, I started originally by having a passion just for, I took a human sexuality course in college. And then from there, like, that was the reason I stayed in college. Like, I was going to drop out. I was fully convinced. I was like, this is not for me. I hate school. And then I took this one course. And I was like, so inspired by this realm of like, you know, health that nobody talks about and nobody like, you know, dives into And then there's so much withheld information. So I was like, I really want to get involved in this because I tend to like uncovering things and like those uh, types of, you know, topics. Yeah. And so I ended up pursuing like everything I could in college that was related to that. So when I came to Rutgers, you know, the first course I found that was like sexual health advocacy, I was like, let me get involved in, had no idea that it ended up being a job on campus where you did sex education throughout the whole campus. So that was really my first exposure in it. And it was a lot. And it was really, really like thorough, really cool. I love doing that. And then from there, I kind of just kept, you know, like you network. And I, I started going to like HPG meetings in uh, New Jersey, which are like the, oh my God, I'm blanking on what it actually means, but it's an HIV prevention group. Oh, that's what oh, it, like, okay. HPG. <laughs> there <you go.
1: laughs> There's the answer.
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I forgot the name. Let me just say it. <laughs> So I started doing that and then like from there I became an HIV test counselor and then I, um, I interned in Nork, which is still my favorite, uh, my favorite experience in sex ed as it was. But from there, yeah, I just kept going and then I started doing podcast interviews and stuff and I just, I, I just kept finding my way into like little opportunities because there is no path in this field and I've learned that there's nothing that's like, you know, like here, uh, start here yeah. and become a sex educator, like nothing.
0: Wow. <laughs> Wow, so that, that's really incredible that um, you took it, because honestly, my whole interest in this topic started with the human sexuality class as well. I was at Rutgers at the time, and it was one of those, like, you know, uh, gen ed courses. And I was like, well, it's general education, but, like, how many people actually know about the finer details of human sexuality and what it means? And, um, you know, you think you get this experience in middle school where you get sex ed, Quote unquote. But um, it was fascinating because here I was, 18, thought I knew so much about sex and I was always so comfortable with that topic. And I was pushed out of my comfort zone. I was exposed to things I had like no idea about. And so for you, like both sides, as the person who was finding out about sexuality on a deeper level at the age you were, and also now as an educator, like what would you say is the. The concepts that I think that they, I guess they miss in middle school, like what do you f- feel that your students or you as a student were like exposed to at that higher level sex ed?
2: Where I'm from, I had awful sex ed. Like I've learned, you know, going through the years I had, because I didn't even have sex ed in middle school. Like we got it senior year of high school. That's it. And it was the last oh, semester. Like, yeah, yeah. atrocious. <laughs> um, I'm, Like no words to how bad it is. But I, and I find that that's such a common experience. You know, when I teach workshops, the first thing I ask is like, you know, how do you feel like your sex ed was? And everyone is like absolutely terrible, you know? Yeah. So it, it's so common. Um. But for me, I think middle school, ironically, um, you know, I'll expose myself here, but I, I was having sex by the time I was in eighth grade. So like I was clueless to consent, I think being the most important for me. Sure. Um, and I think that could be, you know, my me pushing my sex ed agenda that is something that can be taught in like kindergarten you know because consent carries over into every aspect of our life and so the fact that like that doesn't come up ever like I, i i genuinely don't think i was taught consent in any of my sex ed in school um but like that to me seems the most crucial because you know we live in a society where sexual assault is just and speaking of which i think it's still sexual assault awareness month so perfect topic but just like, it happens every day. And, and, you know, it, it's such a lived experience for like all women that I know that it's incredible that we don't even hint at it in, in our public education system ever.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, for this episode, I, that's something that I was, uh, cause it's more about the talk and people's introdu- introduction into sex. And I also, have realized that consent did not come up at any point for any reason. I mean, rape came up for sure, but consent right. didn't wasn't part of that conversation. And in except in the after the fact, or they didn't get this. And it's like, well, we step before that, you know?
2: Right. And I think that's part of the culture we live in, which is it shifts the blame to women. And it, and you know, like we the conversation is shifting the blame onto women. So it's It's interesting to me, like you said, we learn about rape, but we don't learn about like consent and why that matters. And, you know, it kind of takes away our choice.
0: I, yeah, yeah, uh, 100% agree. And it's also interesting because I feel like, especially my upbringing, I went to a Catholic school, so... I know yeah sign of the cross um so so my sect that it's interesting that you didn't have that exposure in middle school because I did and I was also in a Catholic setting but of course I think that that says a lot about that education system because we learned about sex but we learned about it in a like don't do it. You will die. You will get a disease. (laughs) And on top of like getting a disease, like we should shun people who get those diseases. So that there's a lot at play with, with introducing people to sex at a younger age and the meaning behind that and why it's being done at that time. There's a, there are good reasons, but there are also bad reasons, I think. So yeah. And something uh, that you said earlier that I also found in my research is the introduction of sex ed at a younger age, like we should be talking about consent just in general, but also definitely as we start to apply it to touching and feeling and and not only for the sake of protecting other students, but for yourself, you should know that you can do that. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like you have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. So What would you say? And this is like you know just more of an opinion, but like, what would you say is the most ideal age to introduce people to sex? Oh, that's a hard question. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) It's funny because you know we get asked in workshops all the time, all the time. I think the number one question we're asked is like, how how young is too young to have sex? And it's so funny. Cause like, there is no number I could put on it. And I know, I hate that. I'm like not able to answer. There's no number, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, you know, like teaching about it. Yeah. There's, you know, I'm like, I could try and, and put a number on it, but it really depends on someone's capacity to like, understand these things. So, you know, like, are they caught up with like understanding their body? Because then, you know, that opens the whole realm of like, bringing other people's bodies into it, you know, and like, and acts of, you know, like pleasure, or intimacy, things like that. So we've always said, like, as long as you can understand the benefits, the consequences, like things like that, you know, yeah, theoretically, like you can be having sex, but you have to be able to understand them. So, you know, starting with the most basic things for young people, it's like, we talk about pleasure at age eight, because they can understand the concept of pleasure, right? Like you give them a cookie. Are they happy? Hell yeah. Like, you know, and they get it. They're like, this is bomb. Like this feels great. And it's like, you know, we explained it to them. Like masturbation typically is already at play there. So it's like, you know, that can feel yeah. good too. Like, so I've always said that, like it's, it's hard to put like a standard age on it, especially in the public education system, because first sure. of all, no one's going to be happy and fair with that, right? <laughs> like no one's ever going to be like, same page. Yeah, sure. But, um, but I mean, I would like, like, even how we do our workshops, you base them based on the population. So if we're doing a workshop for, you know, like eight years old and younger, those ages, you're, you're talking about consent. You're talking about basic pleasure. You're talking about healthy relationships because people leave that part out as if that's not part of sex. Like, you know, like relationships of all types are involved in sex. You know, you're not just like singly, like doing this unless it's masturbation. So. you know which is totally like great Great. but please sometimes there's other people involved um and so yeah like when it comes to understanding if they can understand those relationships and how they work and and that kind of stuff like yeah you can bring it in early it's just you know are we going to talk about kink and bdsm with like fucking eight-year-olds no (laughs) (laughs) because you know (laughs) then you're talking about like consent combined with like pain, combined with pleasure and lines of, you know. So it's like, that's a little bit more nuanced and like complex for them to grasp. But, But yeah, these conversations can start super early because it's just breaking it down into more basic components.
0: Well, wow. yeah, uh, I I totally agree with that and also found a, notion, a lot of notions of that in my research that, you know, there, there really isn't the perfect age. I'm happy you answered the way you did because it shows that you're doing good work out there because I think that... Especially with sex and with the public education system, it's a very, it's almost like water and oil because we have this very fluid thing, which is sex and sexuality and all of that. And then this rigorous system of the public education system. And so how do we make those two things more fluid? Like, how how do you think, I mean, I know it's a very loaded question, but what do you think, like, would be, like, step one in improving our ability to educate in, in the public education system? Yeah, so oh my god, I love I actually love this loaded question. These are my favorite questions
2: because <laughs> when you're talking about sexual health they are loaded, right? Like nothing's yeah. like an easy answer. Um and 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 to that point, this has always been our, you know, understanding of it in the field that I work in is letting the people decide, right? That you're going to be working with. So like you know, the first step, I mean, well, first step we're talking like changing policy, which is hard enough <laughs> as it is. But if we're talking like on the education level, like, you know, Asking your students what what their questions are—that's how we start every workshop. Is giving out anonymous question like things for them to fill out, and they give them back to us, and we answer them because we like the only way we can work with you is knowing what you don't know or what you're curious about. You know, and being curious is such a good, such such a good thing. And I think we know that because we talk about research, right? Like being curious is what gets us further, and what people want to do with sex ed is like, shut down the curiosity. It's like, here's what you're going to know. Here's the most basic parts of it. And like, that's all you get. And I'm like, (laughs) all right. Like Grinch, like I'm curious (laughs) about shit. Like I should be able to ask questions and get answers. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go fucking do it. Right. Like if I ask about anal sex, like, doesn't mean the next day I'm going to be like, well, damn, I gotta try it. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, like everybody, everyone is entitled to make their own decisions about things that they see fit. So that first step for me really is like asking them what their questions are and working from there, because you're going to get overlaps. You're going to get a general population, you know, if they're all the same age group, like opinion on what they want to know. and. And that's where you start. It's like, well, then that's, you know, answering their questions. Nope. No, like nine-year-old is going to be like, what's them. Like, you know, like <laughs> they might, they might understand like the acronym, whatever, but that's it. Like you're, you're going to be starting with questions like, what is sex? What is, you know, what does this look like? And, and from there you can tailor it to whatever group you're working with, you know? And I, I think that the education system sees that as too hard. And it's like, Hard things are often the worthy things, right? Like, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, it's like, I think that's where we would start is by like finding out what they want to know. And you, do you have to answer every freaking question? No, it's obviously based on like age appropriate, you know? So, if they have a question about porn and, it, you know, you don't want to dive into like how <laughs> porn is a fucking magical world of like acting, like, you don't have to, but you can just answer them as basic as you can for that purpose of education.
0: That's it. Right. That's, and that's really, um, I think that is an important first step. And I think, you know, it is very challenging. I mean, we can barely get people on the same page with the more simple concepts. So, you know, I'd imagine that, you know, talking about sex is what, what makes it, all the more difficult and loaded because then you're dealing with religion you're dealing with parents who don't want their kids to know about sex yet they think that it's this bad thing which i i'm sure we can go back and forth about how not correct that is but i i i think that we live in such a puritanical place as well I think that that is very (laughs) yes I think that that is something that we haven't really come to grips with like we think that we're so liberated sexually sometimes and I it's like I hate to break it to myself sometimes I'm like you're really not like you have these ideas that are chains to you exploring this topic and so um as someone who's ed- maybe educating themselves about sex, what would you say to to someone like that? Like, how how would you recommend someone go about exploring their sexuality? Oh my gosh, I love this question because um, again, I, I that's what
2: I had to do, right? Like, I had to do that um, entirely myself for myself. I never got to talk. Like, there was there was literally <laughs> none. Like, there was no mention of it anything. It was like I I had to be like, yo, I'm having sex. And they were like, get out of control. Like that was it. I was <laughs> like, all right. And I did that myself, you know. So sure. I think that utilizing resources like Planned Parenthood, like this organization I worked for, uh, which was Mesakane, like there are community resources in, and, and, you know, most communities that will like help you with this kind of stuff. Because I think the Google thing is dangerous, right? Like Googling things. Yes dangerous. <laughs> so, Very dangerous. <laughs> and it's like, there, there's so much misinformation. So, you know, and I've learned that as a sex educator, doing my research for my job, like, I remember I had to do, um, when I was working in Newark, we were looking up like abortion clinics, right? And so I typed in abortion and in Newark. And the first thing that came up was this like clinic, right? And I was like, all right, let me check out this one to give as a resource to people. And I open it. And it's a crisis pregnancy center, which if you're not familiar with those are, are centers that coax you into thinking you're going to get an abortion they bring you in and then they completely try and like demoralize you and like shame you into not getting an abortion they don't offer abortion services oh. at all so it's literally like a trick organization and these exist all over the country they are horrifying things but if you're a 16 the whole point of this project was for me to be a 16 year old girl you know looking at the internet if i google abortion in Newark, that's what's coming up first so wow. it's like you know like that how are you supposed to have access to even accurate information. If, if that's your option, right. Because they know how to use keywords and shit and it's, it's awful. Um, but so my, my biggest thing for like young people, Planned Parenthood, like I I will never, you know, is Planned Parenthood perfect? Absolutely not. But will I plug the shit out of them forever? Yes. Because, you know, if you go on Planned Parenthood's website, there's like every question you could ever ask answered and in age appropriate ways, like it has like my age group, like, it's incredible that it has these resources. So teaching yourself, I mean, it, it's like looking for these reputable organizations, looking what's around you. And and really like if you're in college, taking it, you know, into your hands to pick a class that's gonna teach you about that and, and all those kinds of things because no one's gonna tell you. Like you're gonna talk to your friends, they're gonna have misinformation, you're gonna share it, you're all gonna go around, it's gonna get worse and worse and worse. Like a big giant game of telephone. Like, not worth it. No. No. So using those resources is like my biggest thing because, you know, do I want change now? Of course. But are we going to get change now? Like, nah, nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> doubt it. I highly doubt it. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. So, I mean, you know, do I wish there was more sex educators everywhere? Yeah. But not not being afraid to ask questions is a wonderful thing. And, and you know, going to Planned Parenthoods or going to your local community resources, like asking questions, getting involved, things like that, the number
0: one way, in my opinion. Wow. Great. Okay. Um, and so I think something that we also deal with in the sexual education space is... The focus on heterosexual, heteronormative relationships, and so if I am someone who exists in the LGBTQIA plus space, <laughs> it's a mouthful. Blime. Blime. <laughs> a very long one. How do I navigate this? Uh, okay, I'm already dealing with this. Like I'm. Not really included in this sexual conversation to begin with. So, how do I now navigate, like, okay, I, I exist, I'm in this space w- with myself. How do I explore my sexual side of my identity?
2: Oh, so this is a loaded question. So, now are we talking about getting information, or how do we just feel comfortable, like, exploring our sex? Sexual- getting information for, yeah. Okay, so for getting information, hmm this is a of one too. One thing that I will say that has been beautiful at times, I'm going to caveat that, uh, <laughs> social media, because that as far as in my work, that's what I've seen the most of now is that like a lot of LGBTQ plus, you know, community resources are moving to social media so that way like, people can access them without actually having to go there. Right. Because there is that stigma, right. There's always going to be, um, even I was just, um, visiting the Proud Center in, uh, Somerville, which is part of Robert Wood Johnson and specifically an LGBTQ and trans health center. And, you know, we were talking and we were talking about social media being such a tool because people are afraid to walk through those doors and and learn and get that information because there is so much bias and stigma out there. And so, you know, for me, like I follow a shit ton of accounts that are all specifically LGBTQ plus organizations for sexual health. And I mean, I want to say read books too, because there's so many great authors who like, who are, you know, in the community and write these books. And I'm like, but I know like people don't love to read books anymore. (laughs) I'm like read books and people are like social media. I'm like, okay, I guess so. But like, it's a compromise, (laughs) but sure. But, um, yeah. So I mean like it's social media can be an incredibly powerful tool. It also has that other side of it that is extremely ugly and dangerous, but, like for the most part, I I think that that's where you're going to end up getting that information and, and feeling seen, feeling validated because you will see people like you, you will hear stories from people like you. And that's really going to be, I think your best bet, especially as a young person in this day and age.
0: Wow. Okay, great. Well, I think, um, I think that that's great. And I definitely wanted to include that in this conversation because again, even in my research, like the focus is so <laughs> very narrow. And as an educator yourself, you you know that uh this is a very wide and vast thing and I think when we don't have those conversations, especially in a structured setting, it makes those people an outlier when they're not. Like Right uh, all over the place. All over the place. Exists within everywhere. We exist. <laughs> we exist. Like we are here, we're all oh, we're everywhere. So um I definitely I agree. I most of the things that I've learned about the trans community or the um the asexual community even has been through social media. So, um but uh, again, very important caveat of like be very careful and reliable sources and <laughs> you know, just right. vetting vetting.
2: Right, absolutely. And that's why I think like you know, if you get one good source, you're typically going to be led to other good sources because of that reput- yeah, reputability. Ooh, what a word!
0: <laughs> we'll run it through Webster. <laughs> just, just, <laughs>
2: reputability. <laughs> you know, we're just going to make it work for now. Just skip past that one. <laughs> but, but like it, it you know, it'll lead you to other resources that are also reputable. So, oh, that that probably would have been it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I I agree with you, but there's something that I have been very passionate about in my education, you know, my four years in it is that like, it, it, it's left out and it makes me so fucking sad because there are so many of us and, and let alone, like, you know, you might not even know yet, right? Like there's so many of us who identify, right? But then there's like people that don't identify yet and, or ever will, or don't know and whatever. And, and it's like, they still need that information. And You know, when we talk about things like STIs and then we, you know, we're just talking about like penis vagina transmission, and it's like that it excludes the entire bigger picture, you know, and, and you see this like flopsided too with like HIV, right? It's like, well, only gay men get HIV. It's like that, Mm -hmm. like that's not fucking true. Like, (laughs) but we're just, we're just narrowing it to this like one population and this one type of sex or this, you know, one sexuality or, and it's like, like that's not helpful for anyone like that just narrows it down it also stigmatizes people because then they feel like it's just them right um and it's so complicated but it's it's been part of my whole like journey in this field to like really include more like education that includes the LGBT plus community because it it's integral to it right like yeah you know like we're going to have all different types of sex The penis vagina sex is like just my opinion the wackest of the whack first of all and like,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like there's so much more out there and it's like you know type, types of sex doesn't have a gender right like there is no gendered or or sexual orientation act like these things happen for largely everyone Right. So you know, like like masturbation, like mutual masturbation, like oral sex, like that shit's for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. no no one's coining that for their their own <laughs> you know sexual orientation. But I think that if we can like incorporate these examples in the conversation from the get go, it makes it so much easier in the long run. Um, and I see that with the work I do because like, you know, we'll, we'll have workshops and instead of just talking about like penis vagina transmission, we'll talk about like vulva to vulva transmission and, you know, all, all these different types. And it's like, it just from the rip, then it's also more accurate information and makes people feel like
0: they have a spot at the table too. Exactly. Yes. Love that. Oh, Awesome. All right. Well, we are <laughs> running a bit low on time. So um, again, Shane, thank you so, so much for speaking with us today. Um, is there anywhere that our listeners can get in contact with you, follow you, get your insights, get to, you know, if, if they want to talk to you about what they're experiencing, how, how can people reach you?
2: Yes. uh, I I still love working with the youth. I'm like, I usually work with just, I was like 18 to 21 was my specialty, but no, I love, I love it all. Um, (laughs) so young, young people flock to me. Um, uh, my Instagram handle is probably my best place. And I think, I think it's at Shane judge, just my name, which is S H A Y N E judge. Um, like a a judge duty. (laughs) Um, I'm so, I'm so used to this at this point, I'm like judge um, but yeah, that would be probably the best place to reach me at. My email is Shane M judge at gmail.com. If you want to email me, um, and anything like that, I don't really use Twitter. I probably should, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm off that grid. Um, but yeah, no, I'm more than welcome questions and all kinds of things like that. I am private. So you will have to follow to request me. That's all right. No worries.
0: Or you can come to my poll class. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Which I need to do myself. I miss flowing with you so much and we uh, I mean, I'm grateful that we met in that setting because, you know, as you know, pole dancing is very um liberating and uh this that was part of my sexual journey of accepting myself like sensually and and what have you so um, Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see your beautiful face again. Oh my god! Um, I know it's so good seeing you right now. I'm just like I've spent so long, <laughs> it's like I'm hugging. <laughs> All right. If
2: we have two seconds, I was going to say you just said something super powerful that um, pole dancing connected you to your sexuality as well, and I love that because oftentimes the conversation is that it connects to your sensuality, but I think it extends beyond that. And you Absolutely. nailed that on the head. So that made me that made me gleam inside because yes.
0: Oh, yes <laughs> getting things right that's what I love absolutely. to hear <laughs> I love it you're the best oh, oh you are too thank you so so much Shane and um I will definitely be in contact with you soon Yeah, absolutely yeah anytime you want to
2: chat we'll chat awesome thank you so much Shane. all right thank you my dear I'll
0: bye. see you soon bye <laughs> thanks bye <laughs> Wow. Great talk there with Shane. That was really, really awesome. No?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Yeah. She, um, so insightful, always has so much to offer. And again, thank you so much Shane for coming on and speaking with us. We really appreciated your wonderful insights and all that you offered to us, um, including your time. So thank you. So grateful. Um, and yeah, if any of you want to reach out to her, she is available, via the resources that she provided she's really really uh very solid so uh if you are curious or really want to reach out to someone please uh feel free to do so
1: what was like the biggest takeaway you got from the interview
0: um for me i was shocked and devastated to hear about that like fake abortion clinics thing
1: that's the biggest thing i take away i was like holy shit
0: yeah honestly
1: like the fact that that's like what some people are getting as like their base knowledge like that's the first thing they're looking up when it comes to like abortions and they're coming across like a place like that
0: yeah yeah that's really terrifying and um you know if it if she could have fallen into that trap you know, imagined. So I I was very shocked by that. Really enjoyed knowing that though, like really enjoyed the process of learning that because again, that's the point of this podcast is you're, you're constantly learning about what's out there and it's everything that affects your sexuality. So, you know, if, anyone's ever in that situation that's something you absolutely have to be cognizant of and it's just a, a really great testament that i learned that because that was something i had no idea about and learned from her so yeah. um
1: uh, well that shows like how dangerous it is to like try to have your kids learn about sex from the internet or whatever
0: yes yeah or even try to educate yourself about yeah. sex through the internet because you really could get yourself into a bit of a pickle. So um how about you, Jerry? What was your what was your takeaway? Would you like?
1: Um, you stole mine. That that was mine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I I totally see that. I mean everything else, you know, again was stuff that really lined up with our I research. So
1: I'm glad to hear like the women's perspective when it comes to sex ed and like the fact that consent isn't really taught in school. And I think that's really important and it's something that like I think a lot of people aren't even like it's not it's not like an obvious thing. At least like to men I never would have like if I didn't hear her say that or heard you talk about it in the past like I would never even have thought about that. But it's very true and it's something that should be dealt with dealt with, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, I I totally totally agree. Um and I <laughs> it's great that you picked that up because, yeah, honestly, it's something that isn't touched on really at all. Um, and, you know, as Shane was saying, it really does uh, put a lot of the weight on a woman to figure that out on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's not it's not great. It's really not great. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a really great t- takeaway. Another thing that I found very fascinating about the interview um, was at one instance, we were talking about people who fall along the more heterosexual area of the sexuality spectrum. And we were saying, you know, don't go to the internet, don't learn about sexuality, like through those resources, here are people that you can talk to and foundations that are available. And yet when we were talking about people who are within the LGBTQ area of the sexual orientation spectrum, it was like, well, your best resources are social media and the internet. And it's like, like, what does that mean? Yeah, (laughs) that was
1: very surprising. Yeah. It makes sense. But like, at the same time, it's like, that's really fucked that there's not like a better option out there than fucking social media. Right,
0: right. I mean, the fact that social media is your best
1: Like, it's great to have, like, community, for sure, but, like... Absolutely. Also, like, the internet is just filled with so much, like, just garbage (laughs) that, like, a lot of things can be blurred. A lot of lines.
0: I agree. I totally agree. I mean, most of the things that I've learned about regarding my sexuality and where it falls along that spectrum has been through social media and... You know, there are really great resources out there, um, really great accounts to follow. And that's good and well, but it, I, I guess I, in a sense, I just worry about the credibility of those resources. Yeah. And um, if you're not really into social media, then where does that leave you? Like, if I'm not into social media, I can go to a Planned Parenthood and learn a lot about things that fall into the, again more heteronormative side of the spectrum but for those of us who exist on this other end of the spectrum where where does that leave us with our own education so you know i i did look into in my research i did look into resources that were available for trans people who are now rediscovering you know their sex life it's a completely different experience now um I mean, it was slim pickings for sure, you know, and, and that's fine. Um, it made research very easy for me, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. And it's, it's something that I would really like to see change because I think that's what makes the heterosexual side of the spectrum seem more normal because there are more institutions built supporting that or supporting people exploring that and understanding that than there is for people who fall anywhere else on the spectrum.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely.
0: I hope to see that change. We'll see. We shall see. So as we discussed throughout this episode and through our interview with Shane, Um, sexual education is something that is a consistent process. It's not something that you ever really know every single thing about. You're constantly changing and shifting. Um, as you learn more about the world, as your body ages, you will have different sexual experiences. You will, you will maybe come across things that you didn't come across when you were younger and gain new understandings. So, um, it is a lifelong process. It, in my research, I found that there was sexual education for people who are experiencing menopause or, you know, 50 and up sexual education. So uh, it's a long term process and something that you have to be patient with uh, within yourself so that you can get a really good understanding of, mm-hmm. of where you fall and it's never static. you can be somewhere at one point and somewhere else at another point of your life, and that's okay. um you never have to settle for for just one understanding of sex and sexuality, and we learn that here uh there's there's a lot, so I'm feeling grateful about that and jerry what what was your favorite takeaway
1: um I liked when you sang that song. <laughs> Can you sing it again?
0: <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> but yes, um, learning about sex through media. I mean, we both had that experience, but yeah, yeah, that was uh, interesting. I-, I
1: wonder if that's like s- the same for a lot of people. Yes. at least from our generation I
0: would I I would imagine so but hey let us know um, on our Instagram hit it up we uh, want to hear from you guys so let us know what your experiences were like and we would like to talk about it in the next episode or you know at some point thank you guys for joining us we hope to talk to you guys again soon um, follow us on social media rate and subscribe um tell your friends <laughs> write a letter to your pen pal who you haven't spoken to in like 15 years and say hey i heard this podcast you should check it out um
1: practice safe sex
0: practice safe sex um always yeah if if you can
1: if you can
0: if you can afford it
1: it's an option
0: yeah I, I would I would appreciate it if you did.
1: I'd love for you to do that.
0: We support you.
1: If you want to do that? Which you do,
0: come on, you know. you know. Be okay with it. You have my approval. You have Jared's
1: approval. Mm, yeah. Confirmed.
0: I think that's all you need.
1: Pretty <laughs> much. i just gonna say.
0: Um, all right, well, clear your catch and your cookies and uh, leave no trace of this podcast on your browser.